0: Before we get started, I wanted to tell you that registration for the Renovare Book Club is officially open. It starts the 1st of October, and I'm really excited about the selections for this go-round. You can learn more about the book club at renovare.org book club.
1: Maybe it's because in solitude we're being heard at a level that is deeper than words and deeper than our own ability to even name. We're saying to God, I'm your creature. Maybe that's it, is that when we're when we are being truly heard, it gives us the gift of being able to listen.
0: In continuing to celebrate 40 years since the publication of Celebration of Discipline, we're looking this month at the spiritual practice of solitude. Now, for some of us, solitude is something we crave and find great joy in quiet and lonely spaces. But what about extroverts? Those folks who genuinely love being around people all the time, or those who don't find themselves naturally drawn to the practice of solitude. My guest today is one of my favorite extroverts, Zane Kramer. Zane is from North Carolina, she has a background in pastoral work, and she's a graduate of the Renovare Institute. What follows a really fun conversation about one of my favorite spiritual practices, solitude. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Podcast. Zane. Hey, Nate. <laughs> I have a question for you. Could you share with us your experience of the discipline of solitude?
1: Many years ago, um, when I was first introduced to the idea of solitude, I sort of felt like I may as well just jump off a bridge. I'm a, <laughs> a out there extrovert, and um, I just figured there was no way that um, the kind of solitude that I was being told about was going to work for me. My tradition suggests that solitude always had a product. That is, you got through your prayer list and checked everything off. You did a certain study and had some deep theological insights, or at least three applicable points to your life that day and week, or a <laughs> verse that you could you know, quickly shoot off to a friend who was suffering to help them feel better. And the idea of solitude as wasting time with Jesus just did not compute in my mind. And um, that that shift, not that I was unused to being in solitude with God, but that shift to not producing something as a result of the solitude was really huge for me. Did you make the shift? It has been one of the most profound um, gifts of the world of Renovari in my life hmm. to be able to say I'm understanding in an increasing way what it means to live the with God life both in solitude and in community. And so it's a it's been a beautiful thing.
0: I find this really helpful because... I mean, I think that is oftentimes the way people think of solitude as the product, right? I'm going to do these things. And sometimes I'll even um, make my to-do list for the solitude, right? I want to read this book (laughs) or do this or that. Um, (laughs) Right on. But that's, and I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, it can be very life-giving. But that's a whole nother piece of let's go waste time with Jesus. What does that even look like?
1: For me, it has looked like um, a variation, I should say, a, a huge variation on the game with minutes that Frank Lawbot mm-hmm. talks about. When I was first trying to get into this idea of solitude, I bought, got this wonderful little uh, app for my phone that would chime with one of those singing bowls, you know, and I set it to go off every minute. And mm-hmm. at the end of the first 10 minutes, my phone was about to go through the window. <laughs> it was so annoying. <laughs> um, and so I'm going, I can't think of, of God once a minute and do another dadgum thing because I can't read a book. It just So I kept playing because it was a game. With minutes, I thought <laughs> I'm not, you know I'm not being graded on this, you know I'll keep it, I'll give it another go, and so I went to ten minutes, same problem, fifteen minutes. Uh, just it, you know, I just couldn't get it to work. and so finally, I came up with something that I've been using now for about the last six years, and that is when I'm sitting here on my computer, my every hour the little computer voice says to me, "It is eleven o'clock and at that point. I can choose or not choose to say, God, you've been with me in this last hour, and I'm so grateful for that. Thank you for the things that we did, and thank you for the next hour. Just Mm. be with me. Mm. And um, so it's not as much wasting time with God as it is including God in the reality of my Mm. daily life.
0: One more time. It's not about wasting time with God, but including God in the reality of my life.
1: Of my day. Of my life. day, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. When you mentioned uh, wasting time, um, I, I, I thought of something that I found helpful. A lady, a friend of mine I met years ago, Ann Grizzle, she was talking about, and I can't remember if she'd written a book or was writing a book or something, but here's the phrase she gave, and it's travel by heart. Have, have you heard of this before?
1: No, <laughs> it's very intriguing.
0: <laughs> this is, it's a great phrase. The idea is to take a trip by heart. So you um, pack your bag, get in the car. Where are we going? I don't know right we're driving and and you you see a sign and you go i think i'll stop there and it's i've never done it but it's become a kind of a code word for uh my wife and i when we're driving i'd say if i was traveling by heart right now i think i'd stop there and go visit that museum or that looks like an interesting restaurant. If I wasn't trying to get here and traveling by heart, I would go there. So here's what I want to do with that idea is in terms of solitude, retreat, or taking, when we take intentional space to be in, in solitude is by heart, right? Just letting mm, go of my yes. agenda and, and listening how to spend the time. Yes.
1: And I do think that in those um, in the practice ground of, of traveling by heart, you then bring back into your daily life that practicing the presence of God. In, in effect, the space of solitude stays with you. Um, so yeah, I, you know I was speaking to one side of, of the gift of solitude, but certainly extended periods of solitude, I think help build your reserves.
0: Yeah, that, that's a great point, Zane, because maybe we forget about with solitude is that it's not just going away for an hour or, you know, a week, but it's uh, something we carry with us back into daily life.
1: Who was it that said um, one of the greatest needs of humanity is to be able to spend time in your room alone? Was mm-hmm. that Pascal or somebody? Yeah, I don't even- yeah.
0: That's hard to do. As an extrovert, what, what was that like for you to in in the early years to go and experience solitude? um
1: I had to do what you said is to to take i just rather than taking a to-do list, I would take a blank paper and as things that I needed to do would fly over the transom of my mind, I'd just write it down. If I needed to move around, you know rather than sit still in solitude. I'd go for a walk. Or did I say (laughs) (laughs) solitude?
0: Well, they kind of fit. Silence and solitude often go together.
1: I'm thinking if we've got a new practice. Um, But I'm also a fairly active person. And I realized that being able to move at the same time that I was trying to keep from engaging my mind in something other than, the, the practice of being with God, um, it was helpful to me. Um, I learned to get in a pool and walk laps and just feel that water as God's presence with me. And, um, and it would turn into worship, it could turn into all kinds of things, but it was not, my mind wasn't running about what my life was missing.
0: I found that helpful too, just to keep that list of things that I'm thinking about that or that come in my mind that I don't. This is not the time to think about. I just write it down and it just kind of let it go. We'll come back to that yeah. later. Yeah. With uh, what were some of the challenge? I mean, I I love the picture you're presenting of I'm going to go for a walk, the laps and, and such. What were some of the challenges that you face um, uh, in solitude? As a person who's not, I mean, a lot of us are kind of bent towards contemplative practice. But <laughs> but for you, what challenges c- came
1: up? A piece of it was the evaluating part of myself okay. that wants to... Um, see something come immediately, a product come immediately after. The practice of silence and solitude, uh, solitude specifically, I guess, didn't produce any immediate fruit that I could tell. And so it made it a little less attractive to want to keep after, except I, I did sort of hit this, this place where I said, I'm doing exactly what I was made to do. It's very difficult to explain. It's just I came to a place of such rest in solitude that I realized it was an instant, but it was, it was very gratifying.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the phrases I'll have is kind of doing nothing is doing something. And I used to, a few years back, it was in the summer and I was working on a writing project and I'd work all day long and then I'd get through, you know, so frustrated in the afternoon, I'd go take a walk for an hour or something. And it was this very prayerful, helpful experience. And then I'd come back and do the real work. And sometimes at the end of my day, I'd realize, I wonder if the most productive thing I did today was walking and listening and talking about birds with God and, you know.
1: Yes. Isn't it crazy how we put that in a category that says it's just, it's you're just yeah, wasting time. And you, you really can give back and say, wow, I had more clarity, more peace, whatever, um, in that little window.
0: Yeah. May have been the most productive thing I did. I love that kind of phrasing to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'll spend all day working, wrestling with things that I think are of importance.
1: I was just it just made me think of that wonderful phrase that um, that Dallas used to talk about: flying upside down. Mm. Is that the things that we tend to value the most are the ones that have the least impact in in the ways of the kingdom? And um, it's it's nice to have a light thrown on that. Nate, mm. thank you.
0: We do. We get this backwards, don't we? Yeah, so easily. What are some of the practices of solitude that you've uh, kind of incorporated into your uh, rhythms in life?
1: It's interesting because I'm an old person now, and my kids are grown and gone, (laughs) and uh, so I have a whole lot more solitude um, than uh, I used to, and um, and I enjoy my own company. I enjoy being by myself. But what I uh, what I've come to realize is that solitude in um, group settings is really very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. The idea of being able to check in and watch myself, not maneuver for uh, special notice, or um, just to be able to say, how can I bless someone in this exchange? So There is something, I guess, the practice of solitude brings to relationships with other people that I now am practicing a little more actively, Mm -hmm. if if that makes sense. Yes. Because I don't necessarily have to work as hard to practice solitude. I like to consider the, the gifts of solitude. As to how I interact with other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's so good. in In a group setting, to pause and check with ourselves. What I'm hearing in the saying is is some of these rhythms or practices uh, of of this discipline they help make us better friends and better spouses, better parents. Right to have that kind of moment of pause to tend to the fire and to ask the questions that always. Leave me laughing. Of um, you know, why are you saying that, Nate? Like, yes. <laughs> why are you, are you trying to get a laugh? Are you trying to be important? Like, you know, yeah. um, and then I just giggle at myself and go, "Oh, okay. Why don't you focus on listening now,
1: huh?" <laughs> yes, and you're so right. Uh, it, as an extrovert, I feel. The one thing I can always improve upon is my ability to listen. Mm. There is just no question about it. Um, I, I think for introverts often um, they may need to um, let someone from the outside sort of windex the windows of their mind so they can <laughs> see out you know, you know you know what I'm saying that interacting with people helps see yourself from a different frame. but for an extrovert for me it's always. Listen better. Listen.
0: Uh, I'm gonna. I mean, as as an introvert, it's for me too. I mean, listening <laughs> is. Just, I think we're good to know. Yeah, just as humans, I think we're kind of self-obsessed in some level, and learning to listen That's so good, though. But I I love the connection with that in solitude because it does kind of pull us back a little bit.
1: Maybe it's because in solitude we're being heard at a level that is. Deeper than words, and deeper than our own ability to even name, we're saying to God, "I'm your creature." Mm. Maybe, maybe that's it—is that when we when we are being truly heard, it gives us the gift of being able to listen.
0: That's good that we're kind of our our life is we're feeling heard by God, right? That is that what you yeah. mean? We're here,
1: yeah. And it doesn't require pouring out a lot of verbiage. Yeah. It's just it. It's just the being
0: with. Yeah. But also in that, it, there is a certain level of fear that we experience sometimes because we are exposed. And mm. oftentimes when we pause, thoughts, memories, things undone come flooding. And, well, we want to hide and cover things up with noise. True. True kind of forced to be in reality.
1: Yeah. And what are those images of just putting those things on boats and pushing them out um, to sea, you know? Um, to, um, you're right. That is a that is a vulnerable place to be.
0: I, I, I think in recent years for me, it's the little moments, even just a few hours and here and there. But the times when I've done extended silent retreats, um, uh, I don't think I've had one where one uh, I didn't fall asleep um, you know <laughs> where I didn't pack the car full of books and art projects and things I never did or shouldn't do right um, but every other and and there everyone has had tears and at some point where I just kind of lose it um, but the other thing they've all had is a uh, kind of this incredible freedom and this breaking through to where I don't really want to leave. And, um, I go, Oh, Oh, this is what it is to be human. Isn't it? You know, but, but maybe the thing that keeps me from it is knowing the struggle and wanting to, you know, not wanting to face what might be there.
1: Yeah. Well, why, why go into it? If you can, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and, and what it what it, what it brings up for me, Zane, as in our conversation is the way the disciplines seem to work, that there's incredible life and just you, you're living life as we should in a good human way. But, but also there's some degree of struggle and tension and suffering that often is involved as well.
1: How long have your retreats been, Nate? like that your silent retreats i can't say i've done a silent retreat for more than 48 hours Mm. so your experience is probably much different than mine
0: yeah i mean not my. i mean three days has been the Uh, that that. three is kind of the magic number for me because usually the first day i'm just a mess and i it's somewhere around the second day i kind of break into a rhythm to it Mm. Um, but i mean three days is a that's that's tough for people who've got families and you know work sure. and all that, too.
1: and was it directed or how did it, it? You just went off by yourself.
0: I've done both. Um, in In recent years, I I prefer some sort of direction or some sort of connection with other people. Uh, not necessarily healthy to just go away in the woods for three days by myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I see right. That makes some sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Zane, very helpful. Thank you for sharing with us today.
1: Gee, Nate, it's my privilege to be part of that wide world of Renovari friends of yours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.